we have a tendency sometimes to oversimplify things and to take the either-or approach. It's either this or that. It's either words or actions. It's either arguments or souls. As if those two are opposed to each other when they are not. Hi everyone! Welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes, I'm a Catholic lay missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. In this episode, we'd like to ask the question, can a Christian get into debates? You see, recently I listened to an old episode of Pints with Aquinas where it featured a debate between two people. One is an abortionist, someone who has performed abortions and promotes it versus a pro-life advocate who stands up for pro-life values and defends the rights of the unborn. And the subject, as you might guess, is about the morality of abortions. Can abortions ever be justifiable? The pro-life advocate takes the side that it is never justifiable, while the abortionist takes the side of how it can be justifiable. And I have to tell you, I did find it to be a bit of a difficult listen given the nature of the topic, but I do also found it very insightful and I would recommend that you listen to it for yourself regardless of where you stand on the issue, whether you're pro or against, and try to hear out, you know. They they share from their ideas, their stories, their experience, the facts that they know, the statistics that they've that they've gathered over these years in order to make their point. But I'm not here today to talk about the morality of abortion. I am here today to talk about getting into debates and whether or not that's something that we Christians should engage in on a regular basis, maybe, or even if it's every now and then lang. There's this meme I saw recently that was shared within my circle of friends on Facebook, and it goes like this. There were these two people arguing, fighting with one another, and then you have the first person being dragged back by Jesus, or at least a character that looks like Jesus. And then there's a statement that goes like this. It says, I called you to win souls, not arguments. And so the implication is that Jesus pulling us back from arguments, telling us that that's not the goal. The goal is not to get into debates, not to get into arguments. The goal is to win the other person over. And it got me thinking, is that right though? I mean, for sure, there is a seed of truth into that. That's why it's compelling. That's why people share it. But is that right? Is that completely true? Because this kind of idea is something that you see Within certain Christian communities, right? the idea, one way that this is expressed is, you know, you let them know Christ by your example. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to speak. You don't have to preach. You let them know Christ by what you do, how you live your life, how you witness to Him. That's one of the ways that this is expressed in certain communities. Another way that this is expressed is through the line, it is more important to love than to be right. Have you ever encountered that? Have you ever heard that before? Maybe this is in the context of like two friends fighting with each other or um, significant others or spouses even fighting with each other. And then the statement is, it is more important to love than to be right, implying that we need to let go of our pride and our insistence on, on getting the last say because it is more important to forgive and it is more important to reconcile. 
And again, there are very real seeds of truth into these statements. Otherwise, it wouldn't stick. Otherwise, why would we even be convinced by it if it's not true at all? If you've lived with people long enough, you know that there are times when you, the only way to go forward is to let go of your pride and to attempt to reconcile, to attempt to befriend the other person, to forgive the other person, even when they're not asking for forgiveness because that would be the loving thing to do in that situation. And sometimes part of that is to let go of what you think is right. So again, there are seeds of truth into these statements. However, I think there is also value in talking about how it is only one side of a coin. There's this quote also that is often attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, and it goes like this. It says, Preach at all times, use words if necessary. So it's kind of obvious about what is being implied there, that the way you preach God's love, God's character, who he is, who Jesus is, is by how you live. And you only use words if it's necessary. Because words are, you know, they're bad. <laughs> Just kidding. They're second grade compared to your actions. Okay. The problem with this quote is that St. Francis of Assisi never really said that. Trent Horn has this interesting book called What the Saints Never Said, and he goes through certain statements that we often attribute to certain saints in order to bolster our point. That's why we quote these saints is because we agree with them, or at least we think that they agree with us, and then we share these things in order to bolster our point. But the problem is that a lot of these statements were never really said by the saints, or at least we don't have any record of it being said by these saints. And so what happens is that we use their name in order to bolster our point when they never really said it. And that's kind of problematic because St. Francis of Assisi, to take an example, is a preacher. And he was a fiery preacher. And I guess one way that you could apply this quote is, yes, if he did say preach at all times, use words if necessary, it seems like there were a lot of times when he thought words were necessary. And that's what I'm trying to avoid here. That's what I'm trying to get at in this episode is that we have a tendency sometimes to oversimplify things and to take the either-or approach. It's either this or that. It's either words or actions. It's either arguments or souls. As if those two are opposed to each other when they're not. Of course, we should let people know Christ by our example, by how we live our lives and not just by what we say. And in fact, if we say one thing, but we live in another way, it becomes a counter witness. And it makes it difficult for some people to believe in Christ, the Christ that we preach, if we do not live like Christ. And so actions, witnessing your example, the way you live your life, the way you treat people is, of course, very important. But that does not come at the expense of using your words, of sharing your ideas, sharing your testimony even, sharing your thoughts, sharing your convictions, and speaking the truth. It's not an either-or. It's a both-and. It's not win souls or win arguments because sometimes the way you win a soul over is by winning the argument. 
Of course, we want to do it in a kind manner. We don't want to be rude. We don't want to be insulting. And I think that's part of the problem. Because when we think of arguments and debates, we think of an insult session, right? We think of just a fighting session when that's not how it's supposed to go. What, what happens in a debate or in an argument, if it's in good faith, is that you have two people who have a real, genuine disagreement. And how do you overcome the disagreements? Ah, by just letting it go. And then, bahala na siya. Kasi, it's not about what I say, it's about what I do. Sometimes, our example, our actions, di ba, can be very effective at convincing people otherwise. But that doesn't mean that you just shut up about what you believe because you don't want to get into any fight. When it's not about getting into fights. I think part of the reason why we don't like debates is because we don't know how to communicate something difficult without things getting heated. And maybe our problem is more of a method rather than an intention. Because there are very real times when the way you love someone is by speaking to them the truth, insisting on what is right. But we want to do it, of course, in a loving manner. As opposed to how the meme puts it, I called you to win souls, not arguments. I like better the way Fulton Sheen phrased it. And this is a legit quote from Fulton Sheen, not like the St. Francis of Assisi one. And it goes like this. He says, It's entirely possible to win the argument and lose the soul. Notice the difference? First, meme, I called you to win souls, not arguments. Second, Fulton Sheen, it's entirely possible to win the argument and lose the soul. I don't like the meme version because it pits winning souls and winning arguments, communicating the truth, to put it in a different way, against each other as if they're opposites, as if you can only do one and not the other. I like Fulton Sheen's expression, the way he puts it in words, because for Fulton Sheen, it's not one or the other. It's a matter of priority. If you want to win the argument, it should be in the purpose, in the service of winning the other person's soul, not the argument in itself. If we want to communicate truth, it should be because we want to love and not just hurt people by saying what we think is right. It's not against, diba? Hindi siya words or actions. No, it's actions and words. It's just that we need to practice wisdom in knowing how to act, what to say, and also when to say it. And that part is difficult. That part can be complex. That's why we'd rather stick to these oversimplified slogans. That's the thing say, diba, about correcting someone's point of view. It's very hard to correct someone if that person doesn't trust you. If you don't have a relationship already, a friendship already that is formed where that person will listen to what you have to say and value what you have to say even if they won't like it. That is a very important foundation when it comes to correction. And a lot of us don't want to go through all that stuff because it's difficult and it takes a long time. And you have to be available in the good days and in the bad days. And there's so much that goes into maintaining a friendship that we'd rather just correct people from a distance, thinking and convincing ourselves that we're doing what is best for them by saying these things because someone has to say it. Someone has to say the difficult stuff. When we did not take the effort of actually getting to know the person and loving the person, 
And that, I think, is our problem. The reason why we talk bad about getting into disagreements is because we don't know how to disagree well. But disagreeing well is a part of a healthy relationship. You know this, right? Because when you get into a relationship with someone, a romantic relationship with someone, you fight. And that's what happens because you're two different people navigating the world in two different ways. You have two different backgrounds and sometimes, ikaw nga mismo there are some things about yourself that you don't understand. And there are some things that you learn about how you act and how you think and how you say things. Ah, ganito pala ako. Oo nga. Now I know. How much more someone else? How much more a significant other? How much more a friend? There will come times, especially very crucial times when you will disagree with one another. But instead of avoiding the disagreement because you want to do, quote-unquote, the loving thing to do, well, maybe the loving thing to do is to know how to communicate the disagreement in a kind manner instead of just avoiding the disagreement altogether. And again, that is hard. That requires real emotional investment. And we just don't want to go through that most of the time. That's why we'd rather choose, diba? It's all actions or it's all words when it should be both. I'd like to clarify as well that there are different types of debates. The example I mentioned a while ago is more like a formal debate. A formal debate has structure. The subject is clearly stated. You have two representatives, for and against, affirmative and negative. And then each side gets a set amount of minutes na parehas on both sides. So if the first side gets 10 minutes to have their opening statement, the other side gets 10 minutes also to have their opening statement, and then they go one after the other. There are parts to it. So yon, it begins with an opening statement. And then there is a rebuttal where they get to address the ideas that the other side spoke, communicated in their opening statements and in their other arguments. So you have rebuttal periods. And then after that, you have cross-examinations where one side gets to grill the other side, ask them specific questions about to clarify, about to clarify what they believe, what they're trying to say, and, and also in order to look for inconsistencies that might be there. So a cross-examination, and then you have your concluding statements. So a formal debate is structured. Ito yung mga debate na pang-competition. Ito yung mga debate na pagkasali ka sa debate team. This is the kind of debate that you engage in. It's a formal debate. But I think the majority of us will not be engaging in formal debates anytime soon unless part kind of debate team. Most of us will be engaging in informal debates. The kinds of disagreements that we have with family, with friends, with strangers on the internet, and so on and so forth. And much of what I am communicating here applies to informal debates. A formal debate is about the facts. A formal debate is more technical. You have a certain subject and you have two sides agreeing to tackle this certain subject. And the, the point of formal debates is not really to convince one another. It's more for the audience who are listening to that debate in order to introduce them to certain ideas or points of views that maybe they haven't considered before. It's very rare that in a formal debate, one side will convince the other. It happens, but again, it's very rare. But in informal debates, it's more likely to happen. It doesn't always happen, but there is a greater possibility of it. Because when you get into informal debates, you get oh, you also get the dynamic of the relationship. Paano ba kayo sa isa't isa when you're not debating? 
so that when you do debate or when you do disagree, when that friendship is tested, do you have the necessary foundation in order to remain friends even when you disagree in a very real issue? Because this is something that I, we can't tolerate anymore nowadays, diba? Right? We are unable to handle opposing points of views. That's why kapag ka meron tayong nakikita na friend natin na may sinasabing hindi natin gusto, we just unfriend them. It's easier that way for us because we've we've gotten too fragmented, we've gotten too disconnected from each other. And I get it. You know, we're not supposed to debate with every single person on earth. Oftentimes, yung mga mahalagang debates, yung mga mahalagang disagreements, yung mga mahalagang arguments, it's among the closest people that we have around us. Every now and then, depends on who you are and what you do, you get into disagreements with other people. And that's fine. But informal debates are different from formal debates and we need to understand that. I remember there was this one time in DLSU because I used to be the campus missionary assigned in DLSU. And we were having this activity together with the students, some of the students there. What ha- would happen is we would listen to a certain message and then we would group ourselves and discuss with one another some of our thoughts and there was this one student and he was sharing his sentiments about the church about how there's so many rules within the church so many things that are people are not allowed to do you know bawal abortion bawal contraception and so on and so forth and he was basically making the point that the church doesn't really care that it's all about these things that you have to do and so on and so forth that If only the church cared, then the church would understand better. Something along the lines of that. And I was listening to him and I did my best to be fully present in that time. To really hear him out. Try to figure out where that concern was coming from. And then after that, I spoke. And I I did my best to affirm the good things that he did say. I started there. And then when it comes to the points of disagreement, that is where I also identified how to approach this conversation. And I started telling him about some of the mercy ministries that we have at the feast. You see, at the feast, we have what we call the Jeremiah Foundation, which is a home for abused girls. And they are taking, taken in and taken care of there to protect them from their abuser. We also have what we call Grace to be Born And it's for pregnant women in crisis, for pregnant women who do not know what to do with their kid, um, whether to push through with the pregnancy or um, if they were to push through with the pregnancy, what are we going to do about that? So we have that. We also have He Cares, which is a foundation for street children. We have Anawim, which is a home for the abandoned elderly. And I started telling him specifically on the issues that he mentioned, some of the mercy ministries that that we have. That some of the efforts that we are doing. And I was telling him that, you know, these efforts, these are, these are some of the ways that we do our best to reach out to people who are in need. That it's not just about whether we are allowed to do this or do that because when a real problem arises, there are also very real tangible needs that we need to address. That it's not as simple as a, as a policy. And I was doing my best to communicate all of this to him in a loving manner. And after the activity, I didn't really get to see him much again. There, there wasn't an opportunity that much. But I won't forget the thing that he said after, 
after I, I shared, he said, Oo nga, no? Hindi ko alam yon. Hindi ko alam yon. And for me, no matter how small of a seal that might have been, I don't know if he's doing better now or if he's, he's with the church, but I think that small seed was at least a win. Oo nga, no? Hindi ko alam yon. The, the point of the disagreement or the point of me communicating that is not in order to, you know, fully to tell him that he's wrong or to convince him that he's mistaken. It's rather to try to communicate something to him that perhaps he hadn't considered. To try to communicate the truth in a loving way. And if this was a formal debate, <laughs> a different strategy might be more effective rather than the one I, I took at that time. And I've had similar conversations with other students about the problem of evil or the morality of socialism or <laughs> or even just personal sentiments of feeling hurt inside the community, being hurt by someone that they thought they could trust. And the thing about these kinds of points of contention, to put it one way, is that it doesn't resolve easily. It requires a listening ear. It requires presence for us to be there, not just for us to say the right things, but for us to take the time and effort to love someone by hearing them out, seeing things from their point of view. And only then can we at least have a better idea. It's not always guaranteed, but have a better idea of what we can say, of how we can communicate to them the truth, of how we can communicate to them love. So to sum everything up, can a Christian get into debates? The answer is yes. Yes. But when you do, you do it with, number one, prudence. Diba? Practice wisdom. Look at the specifics of the situation. Look at who you're talking to. You're not just talking to a random avatar online. You're talking to a person. Do it with prudence. A second, do it with charity. Do it with kindness. Do it with love. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be insulting in order for you to speak the truth. And if you find yourself being rude and being insulting in your effort to communicate the truth, then maybe you should stop first and assess yourself. Assess your own intentions. And then a third thing to consider is you need to have a desire to evangelize. Our motive should be to look for ways to lead this person to Christ's love, to knowing who Jesus is and what he has done. A desire to have this person be included in our community, included in, in the life of the church even. It should be coming from a desire to evangelize. Can a Christian get into debates? Yes. But when you do get into debates, do it with prudence, do it with charity, and do it with a desire to evangelize. That is it for today's episode. I hope you found it helpful. If you find what we are doing here valuable and you want to keep it going, we need supporters. One way that you could do that is by donating to us. There are very specific needs in terms of the technicals and in terms of the time that we spend. I spend writing these things and coming up with 
subjects, topics that would be helpful for you who are listening to this. By the way, the podcast is free and it will always be free. But one of the ways that you could help us out is by giving and donating to us. You can do that by going to kofi.com slash not so secular. That's ko-fi.com slash not so secular. I very much appreciate those who have given already in the past. And this is something that I want to continue with you. We want to better the way that we do things here. And this is one way that we could do that. Another way that you could do that is by praying for us. We need your prayers. Pray for the work that we're doing here and for the other stuff that I am involved in as a youth missionary in all of the campus outreaches that we have in the talks that I give in communities and in certain groups and everything else, everything else basically. Um, I need your prayers. It's very much appreciated. I also do my best to pray for you. Let's help each other out. Let's be here for one another and um, let's continue. Let's continue doing this. Thank you very much for listening all the way through and I'll catch you in our next episode. Bye!